Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. So no doubt if you are on a quest for more inner peace, you have heard about the benefits of meditation. Meditation is one of those things that I think all of us have heard about as generating peace, really helping us to feel more calm. And when I think about meditation, I picture like, you know, I picture someone kind of levitating, like somebody very at peace and, you know, sitting in the cross-legged position. But then when I think about myself meditating, I think like, I'm never going to be able to do that. It's easy to feel like we don't have enough time. Certainly for a lot of us, it's a challenge to be able to sit still, to find quiet, to to find some kind of sense of quiet within our thoughts, like our thoughts are just racing and you know we can't calm them down. So I think that while meditation is so appealing and there's a ton of science backing up its efficacy in terms of generating a more peaceful well feeling of well-being and even more people who meditate are actually physically healthier and they also grow gray matter in the brain so i mean there's just no question that meditation is so good for us but that doesn't mean it's easy to actually do in fact i think even though it's quite simple what we're supposed to do you know just sit and breathe it's hard to really actually do. So I'm very excited to share my this interview with you today. It's a beautiful interview with such an inspiring person. Her name is Masako Kazawa. She is she describes herself as both a teacher and student of meditation. And what I loved about speaking to her and learning from her is she's I mean, she's one of us. She's a regular human being. And she came to meditation because she didn't know like what else to do. Like she was so stressed out and, and feeling terrible that she was like, I'll do anything. She says, you'll hear her say that, you know, she was desperate. And through the course of her practice, she has totally changed the way she feels. It's just, oh, it's so inspiring. Masako is a photographer and a writer and host of the podcast, Why Not Meditate? She has been so changed by this practice that she wants to help anyone who's interested, you know, get a chance to do it. So in this conversation, we talk about why not meditate. She shares her journey to beginning the practice almost a decade ago and how meditation has become what she calls the biggest game changer in her life. And it's a game changer because it's allowed her to see her thoughts from like a slight distance and then conduct herself differently as a result, to be more responsive than reactive, to see where she might have been judgmental or pessimistic, and then gradually undo those thoughts. It's so, it's, you'll hear me say in this interview, I think I say it more than once, like it sounds too good to be true because it's hard to fathom how just sitting sitting with ourselves can allow this to happen. But I've done a lot of studies and read many books about meditation and mindfulness. And this is what everyone reports. Everyone says that it it creates some space between themselves and their thoughts and allows and allows them to realize that they are not their thoughts. 
So it's really profound. And I love the way Masako talks about it because it just seems so accessible. Like she's, she's real and this is her real experience and she's really actually had, had these results. She also offers some really helpful guidance on how to get started if you feel like you can't sit still. And she debunks the myth that meditation is, is about quieting your mind or eliminating thoughts. Masako makes this practice feel so doable and accessible and like something we can actually implement into our lives. I got so inspired by what she shared. It makes, I'm, I'm new on the meditation journey. I've been doing it. I always wanted to, but I never actually sat down to do it until about a year and a half ago. And now I started with two minutes and I'm up to more than 10 a day. And listening to her share her experiences just made me feel like, okay, yeah, there's, there's a reason for it. And, and maybe I can have the kinds of, of changes that she's, that she's had in her life. So I hope you find this interview as inspiring as I did. Please welcome Masako Kozawa. Welcome Masako Kozawa. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. Oh, I'm delighted to talk to you about meditation. I have so much to learn. We all have so much to learn from you. Yes. And, I, and I know you <laughs> describe yourself as both a student and a teacher. So yes. I'm super excited about, okay. How did you come to mindfulness meditation? What led you to it? Um, I was desperate. I was just so stressed out. Um, it was about maybe like eight, nine years ago. It was right after I went through a divorce. Our daughter was less than two years old when we got separated. And I was working full time in legal industry. And my, my family lives in Japan. And I was the only person in the United States. And it was just really hard mentally, physically, emotionally. Everything was really difficult. And I mean, divorce is difficult to go through for anybody and with a young child. And especially I was the primary caretaker for the first few years. And my health, my physical health went down after being under so much stress for so many years. I'm sure my mental and emotional health weren't doing that well either, but I didn't really do anything about it until my physical health went down. That's when I realized I have to do something about this because I could not operate in a day-to-day -day things that I had to accomplish. So I started looking into different ways to get healthier, to feel better, and one of the many things I tried on was meditation. And people were talking about great things, great benefits about meditation. And I thought it might work for me, it might not work for me, but what do I have to lose? I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. I was just desperate to try anything just to feel better. And how did you... Like, how did you begin? Because I think so many mm -hmm. of us, we hear that, oh, meditation is really good for us. I mean, and, you know, of course, science is supporting this with numerous studies. It grows your brain matter. Like, people who meditate are healthier and happier. Yeah. But it seems, and maybe this is just me, it seems so daunting. Like, I told you before we started recording, like, oh, I can't sit still. And people say, oh, I can't clear my mind. Like, what was the experience like when you started? Did you have a teacher? Did you listen to an app? Like, how did it go? 
So I just randomly like looked in YouTube, um, like searched under YouTube and just typed in guided meditation and just started listening to what came up and found the voice that I, I liked. And yeah, just trying things out without really knowing what to do. I didn't know how. <laughs> I didn't know how, but like, I mean, there are a bunch of guided meditation YouTube videos to choose from. So I just clicked multiple and started listening to them. And then along the way, I found a few of my favorites. So I would just go back to them. And then I started listening on the app. Um, Insight Timer is the app that I started using. It keeps track of your meditation length and time and frequency. And I thought, well, this is kind of cool. And there are so many, so many guided meditations that are available for free. I mean, I was just fascinated. Something like this is free and you can do it anywhere, anytime. You don't have to be anywhere specific in order to, you don't have to go to India and then learn from the guru or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've used that app as well. And I continue to be amazed that it's free and they add new stuff all the time. Yeah. 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 That's how I got into it. I, I didn't know how. <laughs> Was it hard for you when you started? Did you feel like, oh, I can't sit here or my brain is running around? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if I was doing it right, but I just kind of kept on because I knew um, there would be, there should be benefits because so many people are talking about it. So, and I was desperate enough to try. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm just going to stick with this because I need something. Yeah, yeah. And then like after doing that for a while, well, I also read some books about meditation because I wanted to learn about it. So that helped me to gain some insights. And then there was a really cool meditation studio in downtown Chicago that was like right close to my office building where I used to work. So I started taking classes here and there. It's just short 20 to 30 minute classes. And I talked to the instructors there to find more about meditation. And that was like my way into meditation. It was a really cool um, urban mindfulness meditation yoga place. If it was like too woo-woo or spiritual, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable going in there. But it was just a cool, really like city, a nice place to go to. It was like an oasis in the city. So that's how I started getting into more and more into meditation. And one day at the studio, I saw the posting talking about meditation teacher training. And I was like, well, I have no desire to teach or lead meditation, but I would love to learn more about it and deepen my own practice. So I decided to take the teacher training and that was um, three months period. And we had to meditate like 30 minutes each day. And yeah, that was, um, that was amazing. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. And I love that you said that that uh, if it was too woo-woo, you wouldn't have gone. Because I think that, do you think that turns people off of meditation? They feel like it's esoteric and it's like hippie and far out or, you know, far east or something. Yeah, I mean, I was working in legal industry and my life was not really woo-woo. Anything <laughs> about my life was not. Right. It was really black and white, organized, you know, living in a city. And I was not walking barefoot wearing white flowy clothing or anything like that well that was the stereotype that yes. I had <laughs> yes yeah so I needed to get into it through the the mindfulness meditation route something more practical yeah yeah and how did doing the teacher training deepen and change your personal practice oh it it certainly did um like at some point along the way, and I don't remember which point things have started changing, but like at some random moment, I will catch myself when I'm talking to somebody and the normally the words or behavior would trigger me and trigger me to react in certain way or think in certain way or respond in certain way. But now for the first time, I had this mental space, like a bandwidth that I didn't have before. And I was able to stop, take a pause and examine what I was thinking and decide how I was going to respond instead of just reacting. And that was like a game changer. When you know what you're thinking, when you can tell, when you can examine, that means you can change what you think and how you respond. And that changes everything. Yes. And it happens in real time. It's not like you pause the conversation for 20 minutes. It's like, <laughs> right? Like it just like, this is like a, it becomes an accessible skill. Yeah. yeah. Like things slow down a little bit, you know, just like in the movie Matrix, when the main character Neo is looking at the uh, the bullets coming yeah. toward him, he can tell, you know, how slowly it's going. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's fascinating. And is it, it sounds like it just kind of, at one point you just kind of noticed it. It's not like today I'm like this and tomorrow I notice it. It's, it's, it's gradual. I think it's gradual and I, I think it's really subtle. It's been like one day I just noticed, oh my gosh, like I am thinking differently or I am aware of this that I was not aware before. Like extra, extra bandwidth, mental bandwidth. Yes. Yeah. Now I told you that, you know, I, I'm, I'm new to meditation practice. I've been practicing for about a year and a half, but even in that time, I have noticed that. I'm more able to sort of see what I'm thinking and rather than being all looped into it and like, yeah. oh, this is what's happening. Like believing that's a reality. I have yeah. like a teeny bit of space where I'm like, oh, you're thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, that this is a reality, but, but there's like a teeny bit of space. I don't even know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. It's like, there's another person, you know, like looking at you and your thoughts from a little far <laughs> and and then sometimes I'll ask myself, like, okay, you're thinking this, you're thinking this is going to be bad, but 
is it really as bad as you think it is? You know, like you start asking questions and asking questions about what you are thinking. Like, is it really valid? Is it really true? Like, why do you, who told you that? You know, is it you who is coming up with that? Or is it somebody else who told you that thinking process before? And then now you think it's your own? And then that's creating your life, creating your reality. I mean, it's powerful when you can see it from a third party perspective. From that wider lens kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it almost sounds like too good to be true. I, I know. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, because really all, all it requires, well, and you actually, you should tell me what it requires, but my understanding is like, all you really have to do to begin, if you don't listen to a, uh, is either listen to a recording and do what it's guiding or just sit there and breathe. And when you notice your not, attention, not on the breath, put it back there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all have um, done that before without thinking it is a meditation. You know, when you're like really into like one type of activity and you're in a flow state, I mean, that's meditative. You're not thinking your mind is not like going crazy. You are in that moment and paying attention to one thing. You're there for that moment. And that's what meditation really is. So even though you might not really like sit on the cushion and light the candle and, you know, like do the quote unquote meditation, we, I think we're all doing it at some point of our, uh, our life. That's such a beautiful point. As you were saying that, I was imagining myself skiing. Because like when I'm mm. skiing, especially if I'm going fast, yeah. I am not thinking, oh, later I'm going to go grocery shopping or <laughs> I can't believe this person said that. Like when I'm skiing, I am yeah. right there and I'm thinking about my body and my movement and the mountain and the snow. And yeah, I had not considered that a meditative practice, but maybe that's like why I love skiing so much because it's so yeah. immersive. Yeah, it's soothing. It's therapeutic for you. Yeah. And it's, and it's presence. It's like yeah. total presence. Yeah. Yeah. So do you notice a before meditation Masako and an after meditation Masako? You mean like years before or, and years after, or like in the morning before? The, <laughs> I mean, kind of in your experience of yourself, like how yes. you used to be versus now. Oh my gosh. Yes. I am a completely different person. I, <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> um, I used to be a lot more, I don't want to say the word bitchy, but <laughs> <laughs> dude, if that's true, you can say <laughs> more judgmental, mm -hmm. pessimistic. Mm. I was very like diligent and hardworking, but at the same time I was not really a happy optimistic person and but through meditation a lot of well I first of all through meditation I became aware of that I was not aware that I was being judgmental as much as <laughs> so the becoming aware is the first step right first and most important step 
So from there, I was like, oh my gosh, I did not realize that I was being this way. And I don't want to be because being judgmental or being unhappy or being pessimistic didn't make me a happy person. And it kind of ruined my health and it ruined my part of my life, so to speak. You know, I was not having fun. I was not being happy. And so I thought, okay, if I can change this and if meditation helps me to change it, it's worth doing the work, you know, work. So if I can become happier and if I can enjoy life more, I mean, isn't that what we are here for? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's such an important point because I know for me, when I began, like it just felt so hard and it feels like you don't get the benefit like right away, right away. So then you're like, oh, what is this about? So that's such an important point. Like, even if it's, even if it's hard at the beginning, there's a benefit to come. And that's why we're willing to endure the difficulty at the beginning. Yeah, I would say, I always say this, consistency is where the magic is. It really is. Um, It doesn't matter how many minutes you meditate a day, but do it every day, even for like five minutes, rather than like 20 minutes once a week. Okay. Do it every day. And then like one day you'll be realizing like, oh my gosh, I see the benefits. Yeah. So you got to, it sounds like you got to kind of go on faith and commitment at the outset, because yeah. it's not like you're going to get the benefit day one. I mean, you, you might, might. You <laughs> you might. might. Right? Yeah. Just, just sitting and breathing when you're running around like crazy can already feel like a gift, but like, yeah. if you don't get the benefit day one, or you don't feel like this is enough benefit to commit to it because before you even realize it, you're already going to be getting the benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that nice to have something like that in your life, in your everyday life? I mean, time is going to pass anyways, right? You're going to do something. You're going to fill that time with some activities. I mean, why not spend five, 10 minutes with meditation so that down the road, who knows, you could be receiving such a great gift. Absolutely. And think of how easy it is to spend five or 10 minutes scrolling on Instagram or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, flipping through a, like an advertisement or something, you know, yeah. online shopping. Yeah. Like this, this is the kind of investment that for sure is going to pay dividends. It's that return on investment is so high. It's, I mean, I am a, uh, the type of person who wants to risk, um, receive benefits if I'm going to invest in something. If I'm going to spend my precious lifetime on something, I really want to um, reap the harvest. And meditation is definitely one of the highest return on investment that you can make in your life. Because it's going to not only change your, I mean, it's going to change everything because it's going to rewire your brain that would change your perception, that would change your thinking. When your perception changes, the way you perceive external things would change. That means you'll be experiencing life in a totally different way. Yeah. And then the people and events and everything external will start acting according to the way you perceive them. 
the change always happens from the inside out, not from outside in. It's so profound. It's so profound because we are living in here in our own little vessel, right? Yeah. And, and it's so easy to think that, oh, this is affecting me and this is affecting me and all these things are coming at me and I got to deal with so much and not realize that that your internal, like the way you perceive things, the way you respond to things, the way, the sense you make of things, the meaning you make of things is what's yeah. actually driving the bus. Like, yeah. Yeah, we have so much control over our life. So much more than we are so much more powerful than we were taught to believe. We, I think we're taught to believe that we are this like victim almost of circumstances. Totally. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we don't recognize the agency we have. And, and I think we also don't recognize that the agency is within our own brain and mind and that that is something we can shift, that it's not like, oh, well, this is that you, you got, you inherited a, a bitchy attitude. Sorry, good luck. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not permanent. No, nothing is permanent. We can always change. Everything is so much more malleable than we are taught to believe. Yeah. Yeah. How do you help people who say, I can't meditate, I can't empty my mind, I can't sit still? Do you have any advice for those like common complaints that maybe I had myself? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, if you can uh, um, sit still, well, let's try just, you can still like standing up and then breathe, take deep breath like five times. Let's start from there. You can do that. You don't even have to sit down. You, you know, just taking breath, being conscious about breathing will keep you, will bring you internal, internally. So that's one thing that you can do. Um, trying to quiet your mind. Well, I think that's almost impossible because our mind is supposed to think of something supposed to work on like problem solving or whatever. So let's not really focus on that. If your mind is thinking about something, that's totally fine. It's doing its job. So just identify it. Okay, my mind is going crazy right now. I'm thinking about this shopping list and all the things I need to do. And that's okay. It is okay. Just identify it and don't make it wrong because it's not wrong <laughs> and and then let it go and then another thought will come that's fine but you're there observing those thoughts you are not that thoughts so creating some sort of distance between your thoughts and yourself that would help I think yeah. And then just keep coming back to that. When you notice you got carried away, just remember, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, I'm observing what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can repeat the process as many times, but it's like the training you are training, the building the muscle that you can recognize your thoughts. You can identify your thoughts. And then, then pretty after that, um, you can, you have the the muscle to examine if you like that thoughts that you are thinking about. And if not, then you can change the thoughts. 
you know, what would, what would I rather be thinking of? What kind of thoughts are more serving me rather than harming me? And you can be selective. You can curate your thoughts. Isn't that the novel idea? <laughs> yes, it's so empowering and exciting. And I think so many of us are like, yeah, I would want that. I don't want to think like, oh, this is never going to work or yeah. all these people don't like me or I'm not going to get that promotion. Like you want to think more yeah. supportive, uplifting thoughts. But yeah. so often we feel like we're the victim of our thoughts and we don't even realize like we're the author of our thoughts. We are the author of our thoughts. Yeah, I love how you said it. And that is really true. That is the truth. Yeah, and it's almost deceptively simple, the practice that you feel like, could this really even work? And then it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too good to be true, like you said. I often uh, describe meditation as the best drug ever. It's because it's free. You can do it anywhere, anytime. You can... Uh, overdose it without any consequence, <laughs> without any bad consequences, right? There's no bad side effects, but the benefits are overwhelming. I love it. It's the best drug ever. Anyone can get it. It's accessible everywhere. Yes. Yeah, this is amazing. Okay. So, so you have a podcast yes. all about meditation. Can you talk about how you didn't mean to start your podcast and why you started it and um, and what, what listeners um, can gain there. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my podcast is called Why Not Meditate? And I think that title gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was about one year ago when I found a business coach. Her name is Kathy Heller. And she was offering a podcasting course, and I never thought that I would want to start a podcast. I loved listening to podcasts, but I didn't see myself as starting one on my own. But I wanted to take whatever she was offering. So I signed up, and <laughs> we had homework uh, every week. And one week, the homework was come up with uh, the title of your podcast and record a trailer. And that's when I stopped and took a pause and asked myself, like, am I really going to do this? I, I know I took this course, I'm taking this class, but am I really going to start a podcast? And then, well, I, I don't want to not do the homework and show up in class next week. <laughs> You're a good student. You're a good yes. student. So I was like, then like what? Okay, so let's say I'm going to start a podcast. Then what do I talk about? You know, that was the next question. And as soon as I asked that question to myself, the answer was already there inside of me. It's all the answers are always within you. It's just sometimes we look elsewhere to find them, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, yeah, meditation. I want to spread the good news of meditation because it has been the biggest game changer in my own life. And I want like so many other people to start meditating and have their lives positively impacted. So from there, the title was like, yeah, why not meditate? <laughs> and it's a mixture of solo and um, interviews and, but mostly interviews and I interview people who have been meditating and whose lives have been impacted by meditation practice. And 
um, doing a podcast, like I never meant to do, but I am just overwhelmed with the so so many rewards. It's the experience has been so rewarding, so much more than I expected at the beginning. It's just. Yeah, like Sandy, you too started this podcast, and I bet the journey has been amazing. Yeah, like for one, I came to like my own voice. I never、funny? did before, and the people I interview, they kind of are. It feels like they're like divinely orchestrated, and. Sometimes the people I interview are not being on podcasts before, and this is their first time sharing their own story, and they get to listen to their own story telling by themselves. And that experience, I have some guests like calling me right after their podcast episode goes out. After listening to their own voice, they are like. I had no idea how much I have overcome. Wow! Yeah, this is the first time I've listened to myself telling my story, and I am just overwhelmed with so much like love toward myself. Oh, that's beautiful.、Uh, that was never within my <laughs> expectation. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, and yes,、yeah, so so Masako and I met during this podcasting class with with Kathy Heller, and and I too, and I told Masako this before we start recording that I wasn't totally sure about starting a podcast, but I have experienced many of the same rewards that you're describing.、Mm-hmm. Not only because I have never liked the like, not only the sound of my voice, but also getting used to my voice, like what it is I have to say or how it is I'm going to say it, like. Getting confidence in that and feeling、yeah. like you know, feeling like that has its own value. That's something I had not experienced,、mm-hmm. and、um, and yeah, and just the chance to connect with people, like this beautiful chance to connect with you. It's like having the podcast gives you an excuse to like reach out to someone、yes. and and hear their story and then share their story and、yeah. benefit benefit the listener. You know, we never know. Who's taking what from what? Right, you never know who's、yeah. getting inspired by which little piece, and so it's been a huge gift. It,、yeah. I I share that sentiment with you because I just feel like it's been a huge gift and unexpected. Yes, I didn't totally know I was going to do it, and you know, <laughs> so it's so wonderful. So, um, so why not meditate is a place to check in and hear stories and get inspired and learn more about meditation practice and the effect it's had on different people's lives. Yes. Yeah. See, like it's one thing to read a book by spiritual gurus, right? Like, let's say Deepak Chopra. But sometimes it's difficult for us to relate to them because, yeah, they are like spiritual gurus. Like, I'm not like them. But when somebody like you and me come and talk about how meditation has positively impacted our lives, then it means so much more. Well, I feel. <laughs> I agree because we're like ordinary people. It's not like、yes. we've spent you know decades cultivating and da 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 da. Like this、yeah. is like I work. You know, I、mm-hmm. uh, like. I have a a busy life. I go to Trader Joe's. I you know like all that kind of stuff. So, 
So it's like, I'm not, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, and that's kind of similar uh, idea that I had for inner peace to go. It's like, what does peace look like for people who are ambitious and working and raising a family or taking care of their parents or, you know, whatever it is, like, where do we find peace in that? And so that brings me to my next question, which is what does inner peace look like for you? Mm. That's a beautiful question. Inner peace looks like me listening to the whispers from my own heart and following that whispers. Yeah. And meditation is what has allowed you to to hear those whispers. Yes. Yeah. Meditation has given me the opportunity to come back to myself, come home to myself. Because I was not home for so many years of my life. I was spending my days and nights elsewhere, staying at somebody else's places. And I kind of got lost by doing that. I couldn't find my way home for so many years. And I felt so lost, disconnected. I didn't feel safe. So meditation has given me the the way back home. And once I walked toward my home, toward my heart, it was already there. I was waiting for myself to come home. I'm going to have to send you this poem. Um, it's it's about that very thing. That's so beautiful. Um, what about, it made me think though, when you were responding that, what about people who think, oh, I don't want to be with myself. What mm. I'm not going to like what I find there. You might not like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm <gonna> be honest. <laughs> Some of the things I had to like face, um, the shadow part of myself yeah, it's not pretty. It's kind of ugly and it's icky, but it's still a part of you and there's nothing wrong with it. It's still a part of you. And you can be loving toward that part of yourself. And when you do that, then that unlovable part of yourself, well, it's only unlovable because you are perceiving it as unlovable, but your perspective will change and you be so thankful that you have that parts because that parts did their own job for you to find yourself, find more about yourself and become more loving toward yourself. That, that's a necessary ingredient in your life. So important. And it's so beautifully said. I think often we're afraid. Um, I know from when I was in therapy, you know, it was that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to go into my mind. That's like a dark and scary place. You know? <laughs> it's a like, dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it's frightening in there. It's crazy. So yeah, it's so important to recognize that all those parts of yourself are, are worthy of love and yes. that we can get there. Yeah. Yeah. But let's be like really easy on ourselves. Let's stop being so hard on ourselves. I did that for years and it didn't really work. 
<laughs> right. It's not like it makes you happier. You don't get happier by being so rough on yourself. It's so true. I don't know why we think that like, oh, I'm going to really drive it home on myself. Then I'll be happy. It's like, that is the opposite <laughs> of what works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's hard work. Inner work is hard, but it is so worth it. I mean, would you rather stay where you are without doing the hard work? Or would you rather do the hard work and then be somewhere else? And you have the choice. Yeah. Either choice is okay, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you like have you, that choice. And you said before, the time is going to pass anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I cannot believe how old I am today. You know what I mean? <laughs> Same. Same. I just had a big birthday. So yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. It was in August. Yeah. So I just changed into a new decade. Um, so, well, Masako, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation and for sharing your light and wisdom. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's I really just... enjoyed our conversation. Me too. So please tell listeners where they can find you and connect with you more. Yes. So I am active on Instagram. My Instagram account is masakozawa underscore photography. I do, I share my photography and my writing there. And I have a podcast like we talked about, Why Not Meditate? Uh, that's available on Apple Podcast or Spotify or anywhere people can listen to podcasts. And I'll put those links in the notes. And thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sandy. I love that Masako was honest, that meditation may bring up some shadow sides of ourselves that we may not like. Because it's not like it's all sunshine and roses. I mean, when we excavate our inner world, you know, we're bound to discover things there that we may not have expected. Or maybe we did expect it, and that's the reason we never started our meditation practice all those years ago. So I just, I also love that she said that if that place was too woo-woo, that she wouldn't have gone into the into the meditation center. It's just very real. Look, this is a practice that's ancient, but we're trying to implement it into our real everyday lives. And we're all different and we all have different tastes for what seems, you know, far out and woo woo or even what's scientific and proven. So I just, I just love how genuine she is. And I especially love that when we're talking about the shadow side, that it doesn't mean that that shadow part of ourself isn't worthy of love and that by extending love to that part of ourself it actually helps change how we perceive it so I got so much out of this interview didn't it make you just want to like sit down and, and do a meditation right now um so our affirmation this week is I am the author of my thoughts I am so much more powerful than I was taught to believe I am the author of my thoughts I am so much more powerful than I was taught to believe. Just saying that to myself right now makes me feel powerful. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Masako for sharing her wisdom. And thank you so much for listening. This podcast would be nothing without you, the listener. So I appreciate you so much. If you liked this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend who it might inspire. And whether you decide to meditate or not, please know that I wish you ease and comfort and peace. And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide. 
packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.